Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are here today, another recording, another day, no more dollars, at least for this yet. Uh, we are going to be talking, I'm going to be learning, they're going to be talking about all of this GameStop phenomenon going on in the stock market right now. And that's really all I'm going to say about it because I have so, so many more questions than I have answers for this whole thing. And these guys have been knee deep in it. I've been watching, they were in a group message with me and we got Nathan on the line remotely, full of COVID. Full it's of about COVID. time someone else, full of COVID. It's <laughs> about time someone else got to experience it, right? Well, <laughs> that's, that's terrible. That's terrible to say, but anyway, I, I don't feel so lonely now. You know, I got to say, and then, uh, well, yeah, what do you got to say? Well, I gotta say that uh, it's not too bad, um, and uh, I'm glad to be joining the team with you, James. Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the only survivor now. Yeah, we just got to protect. Uh, we got to protect the, the the COVID virgin for us. <laughs> um, so we've got. A group of a text group going on between us three, right? And I'm just sitting here watching flurries of text go in and out every day about what their positions are and, and what they can and not, cannot do through the certain apps they're trying to use to to purchase all these different stocks that are that are uh, you know being messed with right now by the retail public. And um, so it's been pretty interesting. So we're gonna, I'm gonna kick it off over to Faros and, and Nathan to kind of start walking us through and explaining some of the questions they've been getting. Because they've been getting a lot of questions from not only me, but also from uh, other friends and family members who are like, what the heck is going on? And Faros made the intelligent comment of, hey, let's just do a podcast on it. And uh, then you guys can listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's what we're gonna do starting right now. Hope you guys all enjoy. All right, so let me weave you all a story. It's uh, a story about everyone's favorite brick and mortar Funko Pop store. We got um. <laughs> so, what essentially is going on is uh, GameStop looked to be pretty much dead, or like they were going downhill. It was pretty obvious if you paid attention to that company. Uh, with everything moving more to digital media, it was harder for them to uh, kind of compete in that market. So they've been on a downward trend for a while, and hedge funds took notice of this. And so they plan to short their stock. And what shorting a stock is, is essentially you're betting that the stock market's gonna go down and you're looking to make money off of it. So if, let's say James were to have a stock of something worth $10 and I asked James like, hey, do you mind if I borrow that from you? And he says, oh yeah, sure. And I go, okay, I'll pay you back later. And then I go out and sell his stock in hopes that it'll go down. And let's say it goes down to a dollar and I tell James, like, okay, I'm, re I'm ready to buy from you now. And so I, I pay him for it, and I only pay him a dollar, and I made a $9 profit. So that's essentially what shorting is. You're, you're betting that the stock is going to go down. And that's what they were doing with the GameStop stock. It was going down so hard, it got down to, like, 
going from like 25 to three. And they got, the hedge funds got greedy and they ended up over shorting this thing, like way, way over its value. So yeah, it's shorted. Over yeah, it's shorted over a hundred percent. So these guys on Reddit, they took notice of it. So this forum, Wall Street Bets, uh, it's just a bunch of, uh, just a bunch of idiots who make dumb decisions in the market and then they show each other their losses and they have a laugh about it, you know? That's kind of what that community was about. <laughs> but um, since they're like bored and then um, not doing much since COVID's going on, they were just looking at like stocks or whatever and they noticed the GameStop stock. Like, huh. Well, like GameStop's not really bankrupt or anything. So I don't know, like this might be worth getting into. And they started sharing it around and people, and they started to buy it and they were actually getting it to move up. I remember like, cause I, I go on a lot of like forum boards for like business, fitness, politics, whatever. And every now and then I like somebody would post about the GameStop thing. And they'd be like, hey guys, I hope you got into GameStop. It's going, it's on the rise. And everybody kind of looked at it like, what the hell? Like, why is it? Like, GameStop's dead. Like, what the hell are you doing? I remember seeing a lot of those, but it finally got everybody's attention when it hit $140. So that's when we had the news like, okay, hedge funds might actually lose billions on this. People are starting to pay attention. Everybody on Twitter is looking at it, going like, what the hell's going on? And it ends up reaching 300 and that's when all these uh, brokerages hedge funds they decide we got to take action on this like we uh we're not going to be able to pay this out um this could ruin the market like we got to do something so it started off with i think ameritrade was the first brokerage to stop gamestop sales and then like everybody else followed suit, including Robinhood, which is one of the most popular apps for people our age. So that's when uh, like there was just a lot of market manipulation going on, trying to like keep this thing down. And to like Reddit's credit, like they're holding on strong. So now we're at the point where uh, it's currently, it's still overshorted. Right. Like they haven't, the hedge funds have not given up, but like Reddit's also like holding strong. So every day that this thing stays up, hedge funds are losing billions. So because uh, they have to eventually, because they have to, to cover, right? They have to turn around and they have to cut their, their, um, yeah, they, they have to cover their losses. Right. So they're holding on strong, but Reddit's holding on strong. And it's a giant game of chicken with the market. So... Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, for us, maybe you should uh, tell everybody a little bit about your experience. Um, you know, since you've been involved in it, right? Like, kind of the... Uh, intensity of the market swings and the volatility so on etc 
And then yeah, because uh, um, essentially so I got into it. Yeah, go ahead. Because essentially, right now, it's it's kind of like the whole goal is that um, is to form sort of this trap called a short squeeze, and um, mm-hmm. that's where Wall Street is sort of caught in, or anybody, right? But is essentially caught in having to, um, you know, cover their shares um, for a much higher price, and so that's kind of the, the objective for Wall Street bets was really to drive up the price enough that they would have to buy shares to cover their positions, right? Because remember what Frost yeah. was saying earlier, they're borrowing. So now that they have to actually cover um, and they have to actually purchase the shares, it then increases the value because there's more volume going into shares as well. So um, that's another piece of it. But then anyway, Frost, back to you on sort of um, your perspective on it and your experience. Yeah, so, like, I ended up getting into it nearly, like, at the tail end of it. Um, like, last week, really. And I had bought in some shares of GameStop, and they were also, like, everybody at that time was also looking for the next GameStop. So they were looking at AMC, Nokia, BlackBerry, because those were also being shorted pretty hard, but not to the point that GameStop was. GameStop was the only one that's like way overshorted. So, uh, like, GameStop's definitely like a once in a lifetime opportunity kind of thing. And I ended up getting into it the day before the market manipulation started. So the next morning when I woke up, uh, there was like, uh, I was getting hit with all these news that Robinhood was stopping shares, all these brokerages. And like, I woke up to like the price just being like tanked pretty hard. And so I started setting limits on my stocks, but Robinhood just went ahead and pushed mine through anyway. And like, I'm, I'm sitting there like, what the hell's going on? But, like, as, as I'm, like, uh, reading, like, other people's experiences, like, I guess I, I wasn't the only one having that issue. Like, Robinhood was selling people shares, uh, limiting people, the servers were down, all this, like, there was a lot of garbage going on at this time. And so, uh, currently I'm, like, trying to get joined in in a class action lawsuit for that. And definitely trying to move out of Robinhood. Yeah, but, I feel like I feel like Robinhood's gonna have like a lot of serious repercussions from this. And um, mm-hmm. from what I understand, like um, they're also like owned by you know a large hedge fund. So to some extent, right? Like so, there's a lot of what is it, Citadel or something? Um, so yeah. yeah, they own like a piece of them. So that you know, there's probably you know, some correlation there, obviously, that, you know, they're influencing Robinhood. They know their market share pretty well. They know that, like, a lot of people in Wall Street bets, they're really just using Robinhood. And mm-hmm. um, so it really just kind of, they're like, yeah, let's start limiting their shares to get back into them. And, um, yeah. of course, the CEO came out and wasn't, like, you know, talking directly about it um, and said, oh, no, we're following guidelines and SEC rules. 
but in actuality, it's not true. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, yeah, that's another weird thing is um, we're getting a lot of like <clears throat> news reports. Um, it's more like, oh, you guys are being dangerous. This is uh, like Reddit's manipulating the market. Uh, there was one where they basically they they said like, oh, I don't know why you guys are doing this. Melvin already sold the shorts. But the thing is, like, um, all this, like, shorting stuff, it's all, like, public information. So you can go look it up. And Reddit's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, it's still over 140%. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, so there's uh, definitely a lot of, like, I think there's a lot of, like, media corruption in this, too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so, interesting because it really shows that there's kind of, you know, as much as we think we live in a free market uh, in the U.S., it's kind of funny how all of a sudden once the little guy starts making money, then they start being restricted, right? Like, you know, billionaires and people like that, they're all like, oh, well, reason why we're rich is because, you know, well, we invest. Well, then so the little guy, right, is said, well, let's, we're going to invest too. And then they find this great opportunity, right? Like you find greedy Wall Street finding an opportunity to really take advantage of a company that's losing. And they're so overconfident about making a ton of money on this that they're willing to overshort it by 40%. So they've shorted it for 100%, but then they went even farther and for, and for an extra 40%, they decided to short. So it's kind of funny because, you know, just to have, you know, so it's, it's, it's cool because you see sort of the power that when you group together, you can kind of, you know, sort of work together to achieve something. And that's kind of what's happening now. And it's, you know, sure, people are going to make money. People are going to lose money in this deal. Um, but I think the main thing is it's just cool seeing people kind of band together. And if you get behind some of the backstory about how, um, you know, this is kind of, you know, getting back at Wall Street for, you know, 08 crisis. Like, they can make mistakes, we pay for them. But, um, you know, if we make mistakes and we go broke, no one helps us out, right? You know, it's, it's kind of that kind of thing. Um, but my own personal experience with it was kind of interesting because, like for us, you know, I didn't, you know, this thing started out as a meme and I wasn't paying much attention, right? Like, um, and... You know, then I started chatting with some of my friends and, um, you know, Frost being one of them and finding out that, you know, this thing's getting kind of wild. So I looked more into it, decided to get involved. And, um, you know, at first I stayed kind of out of GameStop and, and um, you know, some of these other stocks like AMC and, and Knock, you know, those ones not fully understanding what was so special about GameStop. Um, and why the other stocks couldn't really be on the same level. I just decided to get involved with that. Um, ended up losing some money. Um, but um, anyway, by the time I decided to get involved with GameStop, it was kind of funny because the market was essentially just trailing down and started high, opened really high in the morning, and then just started tanking from there. And... So essentially what it was, it was just sort of a battle of the hedge fund. So what the broker, the brokers did is that they limited the amount of shares people could buy. So by restricting the demand, hedge funds were able to trade back and forth with each other to drive down the price and, you know, so that they could start making money. So then 
on Wall Street bedside, you know, they're buying it back in. You know, people are trying to buy as many shares as they can to sort of drive the price up. Um, and so from my experience, you know, like I was, you know, in at a higher price and all of a sudden I start losing money, right? Cause the market's just tumbling as far as for the stock. So I'm setting like, um, market limits. So I'll go into my brokerage account. I'll, I'll set like, Oh, buy one share at market and then I'll put a limit price. And so then as soon as like, as I was seeing it tumble, I was able to like select a limit price for a a point that I thought would hopefully be sort of a stabilization point. So at like, you know, 270, I bought a share and then at 260, I bought a share or wait a minute, it was 290 and then 270 that I bought a share. And that was just sort of to help stabilize the losses that I had incurred from the high point. Right. And so then as it started to come back up, it took less money to get back to at least even. Right. So it was kind of crazy, um, still involved, um, hopefully that it, you know, it, I'm holding my shares, um, and I hope that, uh, you know, it gets, it keeps going up and hopefully we, this squeeze works out. Yeah, that's, um, Reddit's pretty confident in it, but, um, as we've seen, like the math is on our side, but the system isn't, you know? Right. So... there's still going to be um, a lot more manipulation. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I uh, agree. When you got in, uh, that day, uh, like, so when they opened up after Robinhood basically stopped all trading the next day, they said, okay, we're going to let you buy five shares. You can only buy five shares of GameStop. So the market opened up and the price started skyrocketing. Like you said, I guess they started freaking out, so they limited it to two shares. And then a couple hours later, only one share. So, yeah, they're really they're really worried about this whole thing, you can tell. And yeah. there's going to be a lot of, uh, like, ramifications for this whole thing, I think. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see who's supporting it and who's not. Because, like, you know, like Elon Musk, I think he was on board... I don't know how involved he's been, but I know that he like tweeted about it, stuff like that. So it got people pretty stoked. Um, so he's like mm-hmm. a big supporter. Then there's Robert Kiyosaki, who I saw tweets about it um, all through the week. But one that really stuck out is like, you know, now he's like saying, hey, come look at silver, right? Let's come sh- short silver. <laughs> but um, so that was interesting. Um, then you got Mark Cuban, who's in support of it. Um, actually, his son's involved to some extent, um, and then who's eleven? By the way, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah. And who else? Who else for us? Am I missing somebody? There's there's a lot of people. There's a lot. Of I people. think that's one of the there's a that's one of the great thing like left, right, center. It doesn't matter. Like we're all really like coming together on this because I mean there's been I think we all just want like want to fight the corruption and mm-hmm. we finally found a way to do it and to a lot of people this isn't about the money anymore it really is it's just to just to really hurt these guys who have been screwing over the little guys for a long time absolutely um but like i was saying it's uh it's um it's really intense. It's it's pretty exciting, um, and I, I really think that it's really kind of a fight for 
you know, uh, truly free markets. Because, you know, in this case, like, there's been a lot, there's been a few people calling for regulations against, um, you know, the little guy and so on, etc. Um, and acting like as if we're the market manipulators. But um, if you really look at it, um, the way that they're um, manipulating the market by trading back and forth to sh shoot share prices down, not only that, but the totally drive out, you know, essentially a company's existence by shorting it. I mean, you know, they're the real manipulators. But it's kind of interesting how it's, uh, you know, it's kind of a fight for free markets as well. Um, and it, this kind of shows like, you know, we saw in political in a lot of the political talks, like people get getting censored, but like now, you know, people are getting censored for buying, you know, X amount of shares. Right. And that's just, that's mm -hmm. not fair. Like it's, it's somebody's money. Like it's their choice, how they spend their money and where they put their money. But it's only that way if wall street's not losing their ass. Right. Like it's okay for them to kick our butts, but you know we can't kick their butts so exactly it's it's kind of cool because it's it's kind of fun to be a part of sort of like this battle but anyway yeah we're pretty small and, players uh, like i said uh, you can keep it on uh, uh it's really uh, after this i think we're gonna see a lot of regulations so yeah we're probably it's probably going to be harder for like regular people to get into stocks now. It'll be interesting because really it it pinpointed uh, an economic flaw that yeah. we have and and a just a general change of times right um, where everyday people have more access to information. It's harder to fool people if they're diligent in doing some research, right? Like that, you know, media post where they're like, well, I don't know why they're doing this. It's already, the, the shorts already been taken care of. And it's like, no, it's not, it's right here, you know? And um, so the, the media, the media doesn't have the influence it used to because it's not the only source of information, which is an interesting dynamic in all of this. And then you look at the media and what they're reporting on, because I was, while you guys were talking and, and kind of catching everyone up on, on how it works, and I was listening into that, I'd read articles about them going and interviewing employees of GameStop. It's like, they're not affected by this, you know? And the, the employees, the way they understand it is like, well, they're making all this money, we haven't seen any of it. Yeah, that's not how it works, you know? And at least right away. And I don't know, it, it'll be interesting to see what the higher-ups in GameStop are thinking right now and what they're trying to do based off of this explosion of their their stock. And I don't know, and it's the thing is, it's not really for them. It was an observation made by someone who saw an opportunity. Yeah, they saw, an, so saw an opportunity. GameStop's not in control of it, you know? Right. So, like, well, we could be back down to a dollar tomorrow if if everyone pulls out of this thing. And uh, so I, I think they're just trying to hold off and wait to see what happens too, because they don't, they didn't see anything that they did that would help their stock go up. Right. It's, you it, know, you, at the you end of the their day, their announcements and their their news articles and everything they've put out for the last year, they say nothing about what's going on with the stock right now. They talk about their e-commerce platform strengthening up. They talk about still being millions of dollars behind previous years worth of sales. And so it's all pointing towards the trend that the hedge funds were looking at originally. And 
then we have this kind of revolt that's like, hey, they're not bankrupt yet. Yeah, they're not doing as well as they did in the past, but they're still making money. And that's yeah. that's something that um, these guys kind of noticed to make this correlation, make the leap and, and uh, drive this price up to kind of really put a lever in the whole Wall Street, you know, the whole Wall Street hedge fund group as much as possible who were betting against these guys to the extent that they were. And that was where they made their downfall, right? Yeah. Uh, from from what you guys are explaining here. But it's, at the end it's pretty of the, fascinating. At the end of the day, it's, it's not that GameStop's not going to go under. It's just that, you know, it's just that this was a unique situation where Wall Street was overconfident and just decided to short more than they had outstanding shares. So uh, that's where the unique opportunity came. And it was more of just like, hey, this is the opportunity to stick it to Wall Street, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it puts off, it postpones uh, probably the inevitable of GameStop probably going under at some point. Who knows, right? But at this point, you know, at least they can potentially take the capital that's invested in them for now and utilize it to maybe reshape their business model. Um, so hopefully that's, you know, you would, that's hopefully what we would expect from, you know, their CEO to sort of use this opportunity to do that. But who knows? And yeah, this might sound dense, but honestly, I mean, do you guys understand, and, and maybe this is something I need to do some research on too, is where the money that is revolving around the stock market, what does the company get to see and leverage out of that? At what point do they have capital actually to leverage? Because that's the part that kind of confuses me is, yeah, their value went up and, and their stocks are trading back and forth for a lot of money. When does GameStop or can GameStop leverage that to hire employees to really dig in and maybe create you know, their game, their electronic gaming platform that would be more kind of similar to Netflix, you know? I mean, there's companies already working on that kind of game streaming service, right? So either GameStop needs to try to catch up and get ahead of it so they can stay alive, or they're they're doomed, kind of, you know, right. trending on how the technology's flowing, right? Looking at it on the money side, though, what can they do with this money right now, as volatile as everything is, are they even touching any of this capital they have on hand? Would it be smart for them to touch it? Does it, you know, what does it do for them? So that's that's a question I pose to you guys, and maybe we need to come up with an answer to that later. Yeah, I mean... Yes. As far as I understand, like, I'm, I'm not sure when the company itself would be able to utilize any of what's going on. I did read that, like, the the heads of GameStop, like, anybody with, like, huge shares in this thing, they, they can't just, they can't just sell whenever they want. Right. So, but, yeah, they only get to be billionaires for as long as this thing lasts. But the moment, like, it, it crashes down, they'll just probably be back to where they started. So, they're not allowed to touch it. I'm not sure the company is. So, uh, they have they haven't made any statements. I'm sure they're just kind of waiting it out, seeing what happens. So I don't believe they'll be able to use any of what's going on, as far as I understand. Yeah, that's kind of my understanding as well. 
Yeah, that's and, and and that's what I was getting at with the media focusing on the entirely wrong quest, line of questioning, too. Right. And it's kind of like not that they intentionally did it. Maybe they're just like me; they didn't understand how it worked and jumped to an incorrect conclusion. I mean, I feel like the conclusion I jumped to is the same as you guys: is GameStop can't touch this. This is a valuation of their company that they can kind of keep a pulse on their image to the world based on their stock price. And I feel like that's how a lot of companies use their stock price. They still have whatever capital assets and and deficits on their on their lit on their um, expenditures list as they had before. It doesn't change anything for how they operate. You know, having their stock be super high. Um, you know, I and that's that's where I'd, I'd completely target a different audience to get a pulse of of what they're doing and they're probably trying but they can't get any statements from anyone from any higher up the food chain in GameStop than than the employees so that's why those interviews even happened but uh, it'll be really interesting to see how everything falls out and what the reaction of the CEO and and the board members of GameStop really is um, to kind of get their side of it because I think they're trying not to say anything based on saving their hide a little bit right they won't want to have any any hint of them influencing what's going on right now right because if fingers start getting pointed and stuff they're going to be like hey no we didn't have anything to do with this you know honest and and you know not that they could have anyway we see them running a company that's going into the ground why would we take their word for it you know it had to come from an outside source um so I, I feel like they're trying to really keep the spotlight off of them until it all either settles down or completely explodes one way or the other. They're not going to make any statements until after that. That's my yeah. speculation at this point. Right. Yeah. yeah, I never even thought of the legal aspect of it. That's a good point. They might not be saying anything just because um, like you have the SEC on this. You have Congress looking at this. Like The whole world has their eyes on... GameStop right now so the best thing they can do is just sit back relax because it's not like they started off super high like um, they like it's just like a, a force they had no control over was messing with their stocks so the best thing they can do is sit back and just ride it out Right. And uh, you, you said something that made me think the other round of two is you guys talked about the regulations they're thinking about putting on stuff now. I saw one article when I was scrolling through and trying to do a little bit of recon myself while you guys were talking about, you know, them. someone had mentioned taxing, you know, investments. And... Uh, uh, Frost talked to me about that a little bit the other day, and it was like, of course they would. Now that they see that the little guy can make some money off of investment, why not tax that? Well, you're well, already you're, there's already a capital gains tax out there. I don't see why they need right. to adjust anything. Right. And so that's where I'm confused is what kind of, I mean, from the government side, why are they trying to impede any money that the free market could make? You know, it, it, it's frustrating. I think that's the most frustrating part about listening to all of this stuff is you see us all running one direction and the government trying to, like, rein us in. Like, you know, we're, we're a bunch children. of sled dogs that are pulling the economy and, and we're trying to go faster than, than the guy on the back of the sled can, can hold on with. 
and they don't I feel like the government has to play this game of you know how much freedom do we give our people without losing control and and as scary as it is to say losing control and and thinking that they have control over uh, their people is they do you know we look to them for guidance when it comes to global matters we kind of have to that they're the the force that talks to other countries and and keeps the peace or pulls the trigger on war you know so there's there's a high level of of influence and we look to them for guidance to an extent but when it comes to our our economy it's just it's frustrating to see how much influence they really do have and as soon as something big like this happens or kind of out of the norm they're immediately trying to put regulations on it and and more rules and more more taxes and stuff on it that it it's like hey do you want us to run and and create success i mean there's more than enough resources why don't we let the money flow once it's in the market it'll flow back into the systems and taxes you already have in place you know, more things are going to get bought when more people have money. Exactly. You know, let's raise the tide of the entire and the entire harbor and let all the ships rise a little bit. You know, I don't know. And, and you know, maybe there's a point that I'm missing from a political side that I just don't think about because I'm not a political person. But it, it's infuriating one way or the other. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we tend to forget that politicians are... They serve us, you know. They're supposed to be working for us. That's why we elect them. Uh, but it's, it does seem like the government is fighting us on this one. And I don't know. That's pretty much like why this whole thing started, anyway. Is uh, they just want to get at the powers that be. So that's why a lot of these people even though they're becoming like millionaires and seeing money they've never seen before, they want to sit on this because it's hurting these people so bad. And it, it, it really is a way to fight the system they've never had before. Right. Leverage. Finally mm -hmm. some leverage. Yeah. So in, in my last comment to the audience of this podcast, if anything... Um, this is all based off of the perspective we currently have and I guess my major question is you know I don't know about question let me, let me rephrase that I think my statement is we're not a political podcast yeah we're a little frustrated with what's going on politically and how it's been handled from a big business standpoint um, the GameStop, GameStop stock situation um, because it was limited by, you know, Robinhood and some other platforms too, I, I'm thinking. And um, the, the thing I want to point out is the big business has more direct access to political figures. Right. So maybe that's part of, maybe that's part of a, a overarching systematic problem as well. You know, um, we elect these people as a general populace. And then they're supposed to make decisions based on our best interest. But what kind of level of visibility do they have to the best interests of the general populace? Well, they have meetings all day. Let's look, think about the, the way they work for a second. You know, they, they listen to lobbyists. They're, they're in press conferences and this and that. And the picture they get of what their people need 
is really based on who can afford to send people to talk on their behalf. The most people in front of them are being paid by an organization who says, hey, this is our mission, this is what we need to happen politically, run, go tackle that, make sure to communicate that to our politicians. And as a general group of employees who work for another company, we don't really have that power, you know? We'd have to go do it ourselves. But we work jobs day in and day out, so we, don't, we haven't created that time to go make that influence on policymakers. Um, and, 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 you know, maybe I don't, and I don't understand it completely, but I, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to the politicians who probably are, in their mind, doing the best they think they can for us. But the information they're getting is a lot of times from bigger, bigger powers than what you, Frost, and I have as employees of a company. And so, or just ind independent entrepreneurs even. We're so, they're independent entrepreneurs are so busy growing their business and focusing on how they do work that, you know, I don't know how often they take a chance to reflect on, on affecting politics and, and government regulations, you know, at least when they're, when they're smaller. So small business is really, really takes a hit when it comes to regulations and then big opportunities like this come up where, where not even small business, but individual contributors to society can take part in. And now, now it gets some visibility. So I think there's some potential positives that can come from this, I hope. I hope that the, it gives a voice to more individuals and that they get a, a picture of it from more than just the, the Wall Street angle. But um, it'll be interesting to see which way it falls. And hopefully, you know, the voice of the people really involved in this is loud enough to to show both sides of the coin as opposed to just the the hurt it put on the big businesses you know so uh, thank you guys for really kind of enlightening me today and uh, and our audience hopefully got a, a little bit deeper view as to what's really going on and and how things are currently going and we're all waiting to see how it plays out in the end right and hopefully it's for the better hopefully everyone understands it to an extent well enough to speak to it and understand how it can affect them and affect our economy. Um, so I think we'll keep researching this and this might be a topic that we end up getting to revisit um, from, from a different viewpoint in the future. But uh, with that, I'm, I'm gonna close out the recording for today. Thank you all for listening. Um, Nathan, get healthy, man. We need you back in this room. Who am I supposed to enjoy two Bloody Marys with? I don't think Frost right. drinks as fast as you do. Well, Frost, you gotta drink too. Because you got to drink one for me yeah. today, all right? <laughs> so it'll be great to be back. Uh, so hopefully soon. With that, we're going to go get some Bloody Marys. Bye, guys. All right, take it easy.